From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event. Will Durst is one of the all-time great San Francisco comedians, but it's never been hard to think of him as a journalist. He was one of the first comedians I saw in San Francisco in the 1980s. I remember being struck by the fact that he wasn't talking about drugs or sex or breakfast cereals. Most of his act was coming from the newspaper I had just read. He has strong opinions, not just about what's funny, but about what's right and wrong and about what's going on in the community. So when I heard Will is our newest Chronicle columnist, we're co-workers, I pulled him away from his staff photo and convinced him to record a quick podcast episode. Durst sabotaged this plan as much as he could. He insisted on interviewing me for the first 10 minutes. So you're going to hear about my insecurities that come from growing up in Burlingame, my almost non-existent journalistic link to the O.J. Simpson trial, and a few other things before we talk about Will and the Chronicle and his new column. I learned a few new things about Will today. He was once a pedicab driver. We also talk a lot about San Francisco in 2019. And if you're a Will Durst completist, I urge you to find our earlier recording with Will and his better half, Debbie. Heather Knight co-hosted that episode with me, and we got into more of their earlier SF comedy history. Will and Debbie, two of my all-time favorite San Franciscans. And I'm looking forward to Will's new column. It'll be out this week in the Chronicle, and I'll share it on my social media. We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome to the San Francisco Chronicle. My newest colleague, Will Durst. Hey, (laughs) it's great to be here. Roomy? It's great. Yeah, we're roomies now. Uh, I got to say, we... Before we start um, the big event, we have this board where I put all the letters on, and um, my whole idea was I wanted to feel like an old school like comedy club nightclub vibe, and I also thought like if I put all the letters on, then when people come in, they know I made a little bit of an effort for them, you know. But you have come in and you've taken over the board. Will, I love the board. My colleague. I love the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and if you ever need any help down here, just let me know. Call me in. Yeah. I'm only in the sunset. You know, I'm 25 minutes away. Nice. Yeah, anytime. Nice. Yeah. This is so, exciting. So this is exciting for me. Uh, and as my, my new colleague, I want to find out a little bit about you. You grew up where? I grew up um, in Burlingame. Oh. Uh, my father was a teacher at Burlingame High. Um, I have relatives who, who came to San Francisco. So I have San Francisco roots. I still have relatives Burlingame here. counts, man. Yeah, I, except except when you ask uh, a native San Francisco, you know, because the first question they ask is, uh, "What high school you go to?" Yeah, you know? yeah, Burlingame yeah. High. Yeah. Um, the problem with Burlingame is now, if you tell people who have only been here for a little bit, they immediately su- assume I'm um, I'm an heir and that I'm going to buy lunch. <laughs> so. I've even told people like, oh, I lived on the San Mateo border, you know, just to give an impression <laughs> that that we might at least split the lunch. Um, Go Dutch. But uh, yeah. nobody can Well, obviously fathom. a trust fund baby, you know, he has yeah. uh, old money. Yeah. 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 And Burlingame High graduated? Uh, 1988. 88. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't even look that old. And then you went where? I went to... Um, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Oh, journalism slow town. program. Yeah, super good, chill. Good journalism. 
Yeah, it was good. I had uh, a lot of um, uh, uh, teachers who were in the industry. They had this big learn by doing thing. So all of my teachers were professors who didn't have textbooks. It was it was like having every professor was like Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. They're like, rip up the books. And then they'd bring us out to... Uh, oh, that's so cool. Like the courthouse and teach us how to look up documents and stuff. It was awesome. And yeah. and it was a, a Hearst Castle part of it? I mean, was that... You know, was there kind of presaging like the beginning of a movie? And, nah, only and, when relatives came to town and said oh, yeah. they wanted to go to Hearst Castle. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I always, it's always, Hearst Castle for me, I'm not as interested in the history and the architecture, but there's always that point where you wonder if you should jump in the pool or not. <laughs> you you got to make that decision to yourself because there's this beautiful pool there and, and they smartly do it when you're only like a third of the way through the tour so you know yeah i'm so gonna be like, shopping what throw know? away the 60 bucks i'm really only throwing away 40 to jump in this pool and get thrown out of Hearst yeah, yeah. castle whereas if they showed it at the end everybody would go well what the hell what are they gonna do kick me out i'm on the yeah, way totally yeah. and uh so four years journalism school yeah yeah, yeah. and then where first job uh first job was oh i'm gonna give them all to you real quick um, the, uh, I dropped out of law school and then law school, law school. And then when became a journalist and I did okay. Why'd you, why'd you leave law school? Uh, I wasn't good at it. I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a lawyer when I went in. So, yeah, that, you know, that that's probably a prerequisite that you want to do what it is that no, you're studying. I, at the time, journalism, it was really hard to get a job. So I thought, well, my family wants me to do this. Easier really to be a lawyer than a journalist. Me. No, no, I thought I'd come back and be a courtroom reporter, which I was. I came back and worked in L.A. I covered, uh, I didn't cover the O.J. trial day to day, but they hired me so someone else could cover the O.J. trial and I would like help out with it. So, so you get to see all the particulars and yeah. all the players. So and I was stuff. down in LA for about four years covering courtrooms. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, so yeah, journalism degree, no law school, court reporter, LA. Were you trying to get jobs in journalism then? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I mean, a courtroom reporter. Like I was working for a, a wire service. So, and then. Um, Worked for the L.A. Daily News. Wanted to come back up here the whole time. I never unpacked my boxes when I was in L.A. Because I love it up here. And I had fun down there. But it wasn't, like, fulfilling. I missed San Francisco. So I got a job at the Examiner when everybody said I was going to be fired. Because they were, you know, there was turmoil. Was that when the flongs? Yeah, it was. I mean, already there was talk of one of the papers folding yeah. and they weren't nobody was really outright predicting that that um the hearse would buy the chronicle but they knew one of the papers would would, would probably not, not survive for yeah. a year so i came up and and even when they hired me they're like you're you know there's going to be layoffs and you're going to be the very bottom of the seniority but i wanted to come up and give it a shot and i don't know how i survived it but did you have any money when you moved up from L.A.? Well, you know, my family's all here. And my aunt, who's a, uh, at the time was the treasurer of San Francisco, Susan Leal, um, city supervisor. Oh, I stayed with her. That's for, your aunt? Yeah, I stayed oh, with her for about cool. six months. Yeah. Got, got a foothold. And when did you meet your wife? Uh, met my wife in college, uh, 19 years old. We were in the same journalism program. Asked her out, and she said no and I uh, stayed friends. Yes, she was. I was undateable. Uh, stayed friends, and we um, just stayed friends for 10 years. And then finally, when I came back up here, I tried to better myself. And uh, 
we hung out a lot, and then finally. So she was from out. here, or she had yeah, ended yeah, up Baleo. here. Yeah, yeah, Baleo. So that's why you knew each other in San Louis. Yeah, you're good at this, Will. You're, yeah. No, no, no. I'm gonna no. start crying no, in a you're, sec here no, when you're, I you're talk fat. about my. This life. is great. This is this is great. Find out who Peter Hartlob is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The people are listening to the podcast all the time. Yeah, that's great. He's funny. He's smart. But who is he? So, so 19 years here. 19 years at the Chronicle. Love it. Started out doing what? Uh, started out in courtrooms, and then uh. the Chronicle, <laughs> Chronicle and Examiner. Because you were good at it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was good at finding feature stories and stuff. I was not good at um, sitting there the and, nuts and, and bolts. covering the nuts and bolts. I couldn't write shorthand fast. Um, I couldn't. But you think do real shorthand fast. a little bit, not as much anymore. But um, yeah. no, I, I got hired. My first job in a courtroom, I got hired because it was L.A. and celebrity stuff, and. They asked me, like, have you read People Magazine? Do you read People Magazine? And I thought the right answer to that was no. But I didn't <laughs> want to lie. I thought they might. So I'm like, well, yeah, I do. And that was like a reason they hired me. One reason they hired me is in my job interview, I knew all the rappers' real names. And uh-huh. one of my jobs was to look at every lawsuit in L.A. as it was filed. And at that time, like. A you lot know, of rappers were yeah, all being the, sued. Yeah, they're being sued. and, and uh, uh, But I knew the rappers' real names. I knew Sno- Snoop Dogg was Calvin Broadus. I knew... So if uh, he was mentioned in a lawsuit, it wouldn't be a Snoop Cal- Dogg. No, yeah. I'd have to look through and go, oh, Eric Wright was sued. Let me check. Uh, Which not the Wright? Not the cornerback for the 49ers, <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, Easy E not that Eric is Eric Wright. Wright. Yeah. Uh, O'Shea Jackson was Ice Cube. You know. So um, you were there for the Blake thing? Yeah, a little bit of Robert Blake. Uh, I was there for a little bit of um, Menendez, and oh um, I broke. Uh, this is this is what? A, this is. I broke. I can tell you a story. I broke. I broke the um, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson sex tape story. I found that. No. Lawsuit. Yeah. No. So put that, was that a cultural earthquake. Yes. Um, put that in my you put obituary sex tapes on the map. Uh, yeah. How'd you find out? What was, was what was just, the digging just of that? Going courtroom to courtroom and looking at the docket and seeing the names that showed up and you know, I'm not real proud of this will, but but it's something that I did down there. Hey, so, I screwed yeah. up a guy and uh, who wants to be a millionaire for a quarter million dollars? Don't uh, tell me I'm not being proud. Oh no, were you the phone a friend? Yeah, 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 yeah. And was it the same when you moved up here? And who'd who'd you court report for? Yeah, uh, examiner, and then oh, it, so you started. 99 and then examiner and chronicle merged in 2000 and it was like noah's ark you had two courtroom reporters two giants reporters and we actually had like eight courtroom reporters i was new so they put me on the night shift they're like you're out um there were people here who had been here for 15 20 years and kind of a game of survivor going on so i went on the night shift and then I basically living spent, with your aunt, living with my aunt, Still? working the night shift, engaged now to, ah. and my wife worked from eight to three, and they put me on a night shift from three to midnight. So I had to get out of there. So I freelanced within the Chronicle for every other section. I would pitch stories in my spare time to try and get someone to get me out of the night shift, and then <laughs> to become indispensable. Yeah. Yes. So I had this entertainment background working in you know L.A. and Hollywood, and so they hired me to be. 
a loose version of what I am weren't now. Weren't you, a, weren't you a, before Goodman, didn't you help out Goodman with uh, I TV did. reviews? Your chronicle knowledge, no wonder they uh, hired you. Your chronicle knowledge yeah. is very good. I, I did a little TV and video games, um, and then I just kind of got into this pop culture job that's morphed into, I, I, it's not a pop culture job. I mean, I'm digging around in the archives here. I'm writing about Bay Area culture, not, I'm not, I, I don't know who's in the top 40 right now, you know. Oh, you so mean in music? I have no yeah, idea. I, I mean, I write about Bay Area still. culture. Yeah, I write yeah. About going so on that's right that's is that your beat? Bay Area culture, uh, Weisenheimer. Yeah. I mean, my beat is I try and find the best stories I can that are going to resonate with Bay Area readers. A lot of it's nostalgia, but a lot of it's what's going on now too. But yeah. that piece that you wrote, uh, there was a Sunday where you had two great pieces, and I think I sent you a note or something. Yeah. But uh, one one of the pieces was how many times the Bay the Golden Gate Bridge has been destroyed by monsters, yeah. which was a wonderful piece. Thank you. And uh, it was uh, cleverly illustrated by uh, the one and only uh, Don Asmussen. I, I love that idea. I, I, here's another idea. Okay. Uh, uh, the greatest leap between uh, where they leave a street and then they end up on another street. Nice. Like 48 hours. Where they leave, uh, they leave Chinatown, yes. and they end up, I don't know, Park Presidio or something. Well, well Bullet is the Bullet. Is oh yeah, the yeah, one yeah. Where like, they're they're down in uh, uh, Daily City at one teleporting point. Teleporting on, <laughs> on basically, I mean, it's teleportation. It's like a Star Trek movie. They're they're like beaming out of Russian Hill and showing up in Petrero Hill, and then the marina, and then from the marina to like Brisbane. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, the Brisbane thing. Yeah, I love so, that. So I got to turn this around on you, Will. Um, you've you've tricked me into into being the subject of an interview on my own podcast, and that's that's your kind of genius. No, 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 no. It's it's. Uh, I know your 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 listeners, and uh, they they have come to uh, <laughs> you know you you are endearing, and uh, they listen to your voice, and they know what to expect, but they don't know why. So yeah. hopefully now they know why a little bit. Well, I appreciate it, and. I want to know about you and uh, ah, writing boring. for the Chronicle. I know, I know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out how this hasn't happened before. Have you written an op-ed? Have you had any? Yeah, I used to work with um, uh, Miss Kat uh, Kazakoff over. Uh, I've done a couple op-eds. I had a piece running in something they called the Sunday Punch. Oh yeah, I remember back that. in the late '80s, early '90s, I did a piece called 30 Second Mysteries." Nice, and it was uh, like a little boxed sidebar, about 120 words long, and it was a complete mystery. And I forget who the editor was who hired me, uh, but uh, yeah, I did that, and I wrote a column for the Examiner back in the. Uh, I think I pitched it in, I went to the 88 convention. I, I sent a letter off to all the news outlets in the Bay Area, you know, the TV stations, radio stations. I said, I'm going to the conventions. Uh, you don't have to pay to get me there. All I need is uh, credentials. Uh, are you in? And David Kramer, who used to work here, mm -hmm. said, all right, let's see what you got. And uh, so uh, for the examiner, I had a weekly column for about two years. And then... A new editor came in and he fired me oh, no. because I'm not making this up. He said, uh, "My friends don't think you're funny," <laughs> but then he got bitten on the foot by an iguana, so it was all okay. Uh, it all worked out, and then uh, 
I now I write a syndicated column uh, through a little thing called Kegel Cartoons. Now I used to write for uh, Progressive Magazine. I was there for twenty years until new editors came in. Sure, you know, and they you know want to rearrange the furniture and they don't like the credit credenza that is out so i got fired by uh, progressive and i got fired by uh, the examiner again i wrote for them again when the fongs owned it uh editor yeah. uh, like me funny stuff wrote a weekly column for about six months new editor you know yeah. don't like that credenza and so i've been fired by the examiner twice uh, and PBS three times. So you've been fired by the best. Really. I have. <laughs> I'm very proud of my my firing record. So, but this column is not political, so it won't interfere with my little syndicated column. Uh, this column uh, is just a, a question and answer. F I'm I got the same beat as you, and I hope we don't you don't I don't step on your feet or anything. But it's it, you know it's like Bay Area, you know, focusing on. I've I've been here forty years come November 4th, so I think uh, I've been told I qualify as an honorary native. I don't get to say <laughs> what high school did you go to, but I, I'm an honorary native, So, and I love this place. And I think, you know, being a, uh, the converts always have more passion. Yeah. You know, my wife is a native, and she grew up here, and I just wax poetic, and, you know, she's the one complaining about the change, because she, she said, and I, no, you don't understand. You have nothing co to compare it to. You want to move back to Milwaukee? You know, and just for yeah, a couple of months. And, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I, I've been on, um, I've, I've heard your comedy, and I've spoken with you, and I've been on a, uh, a, a, a panel. reckless, yes, and a, and a, and a, a very reckless and wonderful <laughs> a, car ride through San Francisco. A stunt. When Heather and I did our Total Muni stunt. Um, and I would say that, I, I would describe you as, um, there's, a, there's a crankiness, but there's also an optimism. And that seems like, Oh, I like that. That might be in cranky but optimistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cranky optimist. Um, yeah. I think that's you know I, yeah, a, whimsical, a, a whimsical curmudgeon. If I yeah yeah you're not a total gloom and doom guy, and it seems like you love this place. I do continue to. I do. I even like Fisherman's Wharf. When I first moved here, I uh, tried my hand at uh, pedicab. You know the the little. Uh, where you drive people around yeah, in the back, yeah. you know, bicycle, and uh, did didn't last long. Uh, I had friends who did it, comedian friends. Uh, Jimmy Celeste is the guy who turned me on to the gig, and he would, you know, stop his bike and perform, you know, kind of like busk on the street, and people uh -huh. would give him tips or they wouldn't, and I just couldn't do that. I just, I just, uh, I didn't have the cojones necessary to. Hello. Everybody. What what was your pedicab route? I mean, was, oh, it, it was Embarcadero, yeah. like like they are it was, now? Mostly it was, it's just Embarcadero, like ferry building to Pier 39 yeah, and but, back. But back then, the ferry building was, you know, you know I mean, it wasn't. So it was at, at our little house where the uh, bikes were stored were halfway between the ferry building and uh, Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. So I was mostly Fisherman's Wharf. I just remember very large people would always get in. <laughs> and uh, that's when you uh, Jefferson. They made Jefferson one way, so you had to go up that hill to Jefferson and then go down. And uh, I was. Uh, they always wanted to go from the cannery to Pier Thirty Nine. Yeah. That was normally my route. 
Awesome. Yeah, it was fun. A couple of hotel drops, you know, the Sheridan was there, I think. Yeah. Uh, but never up Broadway or Columbus. And all I remember is when I had a good day on the bike that I would treat myself to lunch at Skoma's. That was my oh, big nice. treat. Yes. Yeah. And and to this very day, you know, lunch at Skoma's is, is like a thing to me. Tips very good in 1979. No, no. 80. It was, it 80, was uh, the summer of 80. Yeah. 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 It was no, no, and that's when uh, uh, Bob Seger's song "Against the Wind" was uh, popular because I, <laughs> I so related <laughs> to that song. Against the wind. Yeah, and I had a job at Dante's Sea Catch in Pier Thirty Nine. Yeah, I was a busboy. Uh, no, I was a waiter there. I was a waiter, and I got fired for having a vague attitude. And then on Christmas Eve, she fired me on Christmas Eve. And then about two years later, I was at the punchline. I had won the comedy competition. I was head- headlining the punchline. About uh, to, and she was in line, and she wanted the person who fired me. She wanted comps. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the? Yeah. Were you were you ever thinking about being a, a newspaper writer early on? I mean, was there a point where? Where comedy and it seems like your type of comedy that well, you, you could have done either one. I went to journalism school at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, so I took journalism, theater, broadcasting, and film. Uh, really wanted to do film, but we had our prop thirteen a little earlier than you did, and so we had no equipment. So it was all theory, and I just got tired of that. So I focused on and I wrote for the local underground paper I wrote for the Bugle American and I did reviews for the school newspaper the UWM Post and then I got a gig and they sent me out to a fire and uh, uh, they wanted me to interview the uh, uh, the survivors of the fire and I just I couldn't I couldn't interview yeah. I, I so I said no and then I went back and then I started and then I found stand up yeah. and stand up was kind of cuz I had done theater and you know, I had done, uh, I had written for various newspapers, you know, school newspapers, nothing big. And then, but uh, the first time I tried stand up, because I'd done theater, you know, I already had, I already knew, you know, certain things about, you know, walk up stage, make sure the audience find the heat, you know, <laughs> I already knew certain things, and I cobbled together all the fun because I wrote a humor column for the Bugle American. So I cobbled all the funny parts together, and I, and I had five minutes, and I went up, and uh, I didn't die. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was okay, and then I just kept doing it, and then that, that is a full time occupation, even when you're not making money. You know, trying to be a stand up comic. So it seems like you were immersed in journalism, though. I even looked back at I think our our first really big profile of you, and it mentions all the newspapers you read, and and actually CNN's on the TV in the background, which is <laughs> hilarious to look at because it was like the first year of CNN. Chicken noodle was, nose, remember that? When there was no Chiron, it was just like the word CNN and someone talking. But um, uh, y- you seem dedicated to informing yourself even oh, yeah. as your, your career path started to go into comedy I'm more very, than writing. I'm very analog. Yeah. 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 I... I News. Well, my dad read three newspapers a day. My stepdad read three newspapers. I just grew up thinking everybody read newspapers. And when I started doing stand-up, 
you know, it was the Vietnam and Watergate and, you know, everything was political. Your haircut, your blue jeans were, you know, everything. So I said, and I didn't date a lot, so I didn't have a lot of relationship humor. So I just talked about uh, the, the stuff that was going on in the news, you know. And it was fun because I'm still in high school, you know. If it's due Monday morning, I don't start it till after 60 minutes. And I, okay. and I still, you know, get a B plus at least, maybe <laughs> A minus. So I, I need that enforced deadline. And being a political comic, if something happens and you don't talk about it, you don't even have to have a great joke as long as you reference that you, you know it happened. And uh, yeah, so other yeah, so I just and I and I like writing the stuff. Also, after doing it forty years, you can rip yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your approach going to be to the column? It's not going to be politics. No, 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 yeah. no, no. It's uh, the first one is about the whether or not the Bay Area is changing, and uh, my. Uh, my contention is, oh, the Bay Area is always changing. Yeah, I agree. And, and the second one is uh, about Lombard Street. Nice. About whether or not we should charge to go down Lombard Street. And I have, I wrote one about Fourth of July, but uh, I probably won't be able to use it for a year or so. But yeah. I got, I got one in the can. So uh, I think the next one is going to be about earthquakes. I think of you, like, I, I saw you in the 80s, and remember, I was very liberal, had liberal parents, and, and there weren't that many liberal people that I was running into, you know, celebrities, TV, and I remember suddenly you're talking like my parents talked, except it was funny, um, but I wonder now, like, do you consider yourself to be liberal in San Francisco? Because I've <laughs> talked to you, and I think we're both kind of... A little bit, that. little bit right winger. I, I think I, I call my column that I, I call it raging moderate. Uh-huh. And my theory is, my theory is that you and I are on the forty yard line yeah. uh, of liberalism. Okay, we're on the forty. You know, we can see the bad. You know, from the <laughs> other side, but we can see. You know, oh come on, settle down from our side. Yeah. But, the, but the field has just been moved. It's been been shaken up like one of those football games you know and it's just been moved so, uh, now i'm on the five yard line and i don't know how i got there and i'm with all these crazies behind me yeah yeah so i that's what i think i you know uh, san francisco yeah. in wisconsin I'm, I'm a commie pinko but uh, in san francisco i'm a, i'm a fascist <laughs> how are you with deadlines I love deadlines. I love. Yeah. I need them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Focuses me. Yeah. It's it's hard juggling deadlines though. That's this will be a new one. I used to. I had the weekly column, and then I would uh, write for uh, Progressive Magazine every month, so I knew that. Well, this one's gonna be bi-weekly and hopefully weekly if uh, people like it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Will you write about? Uh, will you write about comedy? I mean, there's big things going on in comedy. The punchline, Ooh. that's an ongoing story. Ooh, that's or, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> is that something you want to write about? Or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's something I have knowledge of. You yeah. know, they always say, write what you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think comedy, well, you know, there's got to be a, a column in Beach Blanket Babylon closing now. Yeah. You're writing that. You're literally writing down. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew the title of the column, so. 
as of this recording. It, 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 when people no, are listening to this, hopefully there'll be a name for the column. It's been shortlisted. It's been Shall shortlisted. Um, you were just at the punchline, and I wanted to ask you about that because the last time uh, I had you on, it was with uh, Debbie, and you guys talked about how you met at the punchline. Yeah. I know it's an important place to you, um, and you were just there. Uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully not for the last time. I mean, it sounds like. And I said this on stage. I said, you know, if you find something in the city, yeah, you know, stuff changes and, you know, uh, stuff happens and uh, feces happens, caca-pasa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you find something you love in the city, like a little restaurant or a little boutique or a piece of park or, you know, just cleave unto it, man. I mean, you know, st- you don't need st- all the new stuff, you know. We go to Gaspari's Pizza on twenty fourth and twentieth uh, and Geary, and it's it's great, and that's our pizza joint, and we try to keep it in business, you know. And if you find something you love, hold on to it and support it, and uh, and keep it going, you know. Yeah, uh, I I interviewed Jack Tilmany. He's a, a person who collects a lot of uh, theater lore in the Bay Area, and I. I kind of asked him a leading question, like, you know, almost like, isn't it horrible all the places that have closed down, all the old classic movie theaters in the Bay Area that have closed down? And he flipped it around on me and said, no, it's not. I mean, there's, it's, we're lucky to have what we have. And instead of putting your energy into complaining about what's closed down, look at what you have and support it, you know, and and that turned things around for me. What have you, you mentioned to the punchline and, and, and your, pizza place what else have you cleaved onto in the city what else is really important to you yeah it's funny because uh you know we live in the best restaurant city in america and debbie and i you know after this podcast we're going out for lunch and Mm -hmm. i asked her louis or joe's uh, because we go to louis out by the cliff house for breakfast or we go to Westlake Joe's because we live in the Sunset District, yeah. you know, so those are our, and we have others, there's Howard's on Ninth, and, you know, a couple other ones, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's we go to, but it's like we have, you know, this list and we've tried everything else and we, you know, we have tried and we've gone to other restaurants and every once in a while we find an, oh, we got to go back there, but uh, mostly it's our old favorites, you know, and I love that. I love going to our old favorites. They they know who you are. You know you know where to park. <laughs> yeah, I I love having old favorites. What do you like that's new in the city? What what change do you embrace, and what do you like? Uh, not the parking situation. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, tougher and tougher and tougher. Uh, what do I like? I I do like uh, the way they're bulbing out the intersections. And uh, the little parklets and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's opening and making it a more European city. Um, I like the fact that we are pretty. You know, we hang on to our parks. Yeah, it's it's very park centric, and, and I like that. And I don't know, I don't know. I like I like uh, uh, the giant stadium. That's that is a, a jewel. It's a jewel. And uh, the team is starting to reflect that. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. Well, I am super excited that you're a colleague. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm a colleague. You're a colleague. Romy. Yeah. Good to see buddy. you. I, I feel really, really lucky about a lot of things, you know, about my timing and being 
a Bay Area resident and uh, a Burlingame resident, as you've uncovered. Um, no, 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 no. But no. one, but one thing that I really, really appreciate is my timing with comedy. That I was 15, 16 years old, and Cobbs would let you in when you were that young, and. I guess it started with like uh, uh, I saw Pritchard at my dad's high school, and then I found out about Comedy Tonight on KQED, oh, wow. and then you know you as a teen go I got to go I got to go and see so many people, and I got to see you. But you also got to see Dana Carvey and Robin Williams, you saw Dana and Gould, Paula Poundstone, and, and Dana Proops Gould and, and Proops. Yeah, one so, of the best in the country. So I just think it's so cool that you know I'm thrilled that my journey ended at the chronicle and that uh that you're gonna be writing for there's it. no was, ending there's no ending i don't know, you know? what am i what else am i gonna do man you you get the, the pulitzer for the commentary <laughs> and then uh, pulitzer and for golden gate bridge explosions <laughs> <laughs> my pulitzer yeah yeah no uh, no no it's just the beginning this is uh the beginning yeah uh, i think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship Excellent. Well, congratulations, sir. I can't wait. Uh, can't wait to read your column. Thanks for welcoming me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks, Will. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guest, Will Durst. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S. <laughs>